guys can be seated. Man, that was beautiful. Thank you guys so much. Thanks to the Robinsons. And Reese is a kid that grew up at Heartland. I've known her since she was four. Oh my gosh, that was beautiful, you guys. My name is Michelle Pemberton. I'm one of the pastors around here. So grateful to be with you guys. And today we're doing communion. So if you're in this room and you didn't want to, it didn't pick one of these up when you walked in, they're right outside the doors and you can grab them. And if you're at home watching online with your kids and your PJs, we're so glad you joined us. But go grab your communion stuff, bread, crackers, tortillas, juice, water, whatever you got at home, because we're going to do communion at the very end of the service. Well, it has been an amazing week here at Heartland. I got to tell you, there was so much fun and so many bright spots, and I want to tell you about a couple of them. A week ago on this stage, we got to hear for the very first time our new leadership and teaching pastor, Dan Jacobson. Wasn't he awesome, you guys? Oh my gosh. He um, is already joining us for some meetings, and um, I got to tell you what I experienced from him. God has provided for us a guy who is creative, who's humble, who loves to do team and collaboration, and I'm just so thankful. So it was really fun. Other fun news, if you haven't heard it, they have a place to live in Kansas City, which is a really hard thing to do right now. He and his family are moving here. He and Kristen, July 1st, he starts at Heartland. So we are so excited about that. And last Sunday, so many of you wanted to see him in person. We had the all-time high of kids since Labor Day, 110 kiddos. Woo! Oh, my gosh. It was so fun to see kids, how they've grown physically and spiritually and emotionally since March 2020. So super grateful for that. And then Wednesday night, we had like our first big event where we came back and um, it was called Heartland Summer Nights. And it was so great, you guys, to connect, to have conversation, to catch up. We had inflatables. Kids were playing with yard games and, and doing popsicles. And some of you may be experiencing FOMO right now because you missed the first Heartland Summer Night. And that's okay. Don't worry about it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull out your phones. You have my permission because we have two more of these events. Uh, the second Wednesday in July and the second Wednesday in August from 6.30 to 8.30. And you guys, it was just so good to be together. So don't miss these, okay? I am super excited about the series we're starting today. It's Ready for More. Who's ready for more? More fun, more connection, more joy, more freedom, more life. I know I am. This is such a different summer than last summer. Um, we're excited in the elementary um, for June and July. They're going to be learning about confidence. You know what confidence is, you guys? It's just seeing ourselves the way God sees ourselves. Who wants more confidence? I know I do, and I want our kids to know that. So whether you're here in the building or you're watching online, you can see our kids' stuff on the landing page. Um, dig in to what God's teaching them about confidence. Today, I'm excited to get to introduce to you as we um, launch this series, Brad Herndon, who is our discipleship and communities pastor. And it feels like he started April 1st, but I got to tell you, it feels like he's been here. He's just so easy to be a part of the team for like the last six months. And so, Brad, would you come up? And we're just so thankful you guys are here today.
Hey, hey, Heartland. Good morning. How are we today? Good. Doing good. Say hi to all of you who are watching online. You know, if you want to come in person, you can wear your PJs in person too. We'll gladly take you as you are. And, and it's so good to get to be with you and uh, to start off this new series together. And I noticed, as Michelle said, hey, who, who's ready for more? We weren't sure whether we wanted to raise our hand or not, because it all depends on, on more what, right? Like more construction? No, no. Anyone come from, from north, north of 119th today? Man, you get bonus points. Go get a second cup of coffee on it. Actually, it already is on us, so we'll find something to give you. But uh, more construction? No. More fatigue? No. More, more stress? More hard? No, we don't want those things that we're more of. But every now and then, we find ourselves in a place in life where the anticipation of what, what is ahead of us is so much that we're ready for it, that we're eager, that we're willing that we're, that we're excited for what's coming our way, that we're ready for something more, we're ready for something next, we're ready for something new, and it's, it's kind of that moment where, uh, where you know, you've just walked the stage after graduation, could be high school or college, and you've got that diploma in hand, and you've got all that hard work behind you, you're ready for more. You're ready for something next. Or it's when you step into that new job for the first time, or you get that promotion that you've been waiting for. You're ready to take on something more, something that you've prepared for, or maybe that marriage that you've been waiting for and preparing for, you're ready, you're ready for more. It's what we've all been experiencing collectively as we've been stepping out of COVID, as restrictions are loosening, as stadiums are beginning to fill up, as living rooms are beginning to fill up, and it's what we're, that's just the energy and the excitement. Who's, who's ready for more after COVID? Let's, how about that? Yeah, okay. Still not sure if you're ready for more. You're thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's what you feel. Well, how about this one? It's, it's what you feel when you head into summer. You're ready for more space, more opportunity, more adventures, more trips that are ahead of you. I was talking with some of you coming in and some of the trips that you have planned. In fact, I want you to take a moment and I want you to think, what are you ready for more of right now? What's something exciting that you're ready for more of right now? And if you came with someone, share that with them. We're a friendly bunch around here. So if you don't know the person next to you, I promise you they won't bite. Um, so just share with them. What are you ready for more of online? Share it with someone that you're watching with. Type it in the chat window there. Take about 15 seconds. Talk to someone next to you. What are you ready for more? Go for it. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I want to hear some, what are some things that quickly came to mind for you? Over on this side of the room, what are, what are you ready for more of? Just shout it out. My wife. More of my wife. <laughs> wow. Well done. Well done. Yeah, what about here in the middle? What are you ready for more of? What's something you're ready for more of this summer? Golf. More golf. Yeah, what? Someone back there? Sleep. More sleep. Getting some more sleep. Yes. Anyone over here on this side, what are you ready for more of? More concerts, more live music, getting to be back to any particular concert? Anything. <laughs> we got Foo Fighters coming first week of August, I hear. That's right. I'm trying to get a ticket. To, if you have an extra ticket, let me know. I'll go with you. I'll be your friend. Um, I'm watching online. You guys are throwing some stuff in the chat, too. Uh, you, more fun. Less worry. More pizza. Yes, Lisa's ready for more pizza, more quality time with some friends. There's things that we're all ready for more of. And last, family, last well, weekend, actually, I wasn't here in person last weekend because we were packing up our house in Minnesota. And um, it was 99 degrees, Minnesota. Yeah, it hasn't been, we've lived there four and a half years. 
It hasn't been 99 degrees one day the entire four and a half years we've lived there. The day that we're packing up our house and loading a moving truck, it's 99 degrees. Uh, so we're loading it up and then we pull out and, uh, and, and we're driving down I-35. It's literally like four turns from my house to Heartland. I, we're driving down I-35 and we catch this billboard, kind of southern Minnesota, and it's a billboard for the state of Wisconsin for their, and I guess it's their tourism industry. Any Wisconsin, I, I heard a woohoo. Yep, there we go. We've got some Wisconsin people here. It's a beautiful state, super outdoorsy, lots of beautiful landscapes and lakes. And this billboard comes up on the side of the road, and I love it. It says, the best stories begin on the count of three. And I, man, I just think that's so right on, that there are these moments and these seasons of our life when, when the, the epic adventure that we're about to face, there's this moment that precedes them where it's kind of this are you ready for it moment, where we count one, two, three, and then, and then we just jump. And it was so fitting for my family to see that billboard as we're driving down, because we're kind of on this edge of the cliff. We just jumped out of our old house. We're jumping into a new house, a new life, a new church, a new season, something exciting. But there was this ready kind of countdown moment right before we took that leap. But even more than that, even more than my family, I was thinking of Heartland. Because I think we, were, we are, have been, for really, for really many months, we've been in this countdown kind of season where we're standing at the edge of a cliff and we're starting to, to jump into something new. And there's this anticipation and there's this excitement and there's this energy. And we got to experience it last weekend with, with Dan coming in and just rounding out the leadership team that, that Craig and I get to partner with along with all of our other phenomenal staff and, and leaders and volunteers just to take Heartland into this next season that's ahead of us. Now, I also have to, have to uh, pause for a second because I, I took some cheap shots last week from Dan. Um, he called me out for being a St. Louis Cardinals fan, okay? And I feel like to be on the stage for the first time and to take a shot like that, uh, you know, at least, at least I know that the Royals are a baseball team because he thinks they're a group of people living in a castle over in England. So at least I've got that going for me. And if we want to talk baseball, he's from the south side of Chicago and he's rooting for the Sox. And so I don't feel like he's got really any more street cred than I do rooting for the Cardinals. So there we go coming back at you. I'm so excited to get to, to get to team up with this guy, but I think whether it's, whether it's summer fun that we're ready for more of, whether it's a new, a new season of a church that we're ready for more of, whether it's being out of COVID that we're ready for more of, really what we're saying in this series, and this is why I hope you hang with us for the next six weeks, because we're going to lean into this uh, so far and so fully. We're going to lean into what we want is to have more of Jesus. And the whole backdrop of this series is that, is the main point of this series is that Jesus is always offering us more of himself, not less. And, and in fact, if you're newer to Heartland or if this is your first time back in a long time, we're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're watching online. And you're going to hear that we really talk a lot about Jesus around here. And, and, and we, we, our whole purpose statement is that we want to make space for building relationships that make Jesus first. Because we think that there is nothing that is more special, there is nothing that is more important in our world or in each of our lives than Jesus. And so we said, what if we could just take like the first kind of half of the summer, we're going to go through July, uh, we're going to take the, a good chunk of the summer and say, what if Jesus is always offering us more of himself, not less, what does that look like? What does that mean? How do we have more of that in our life? And so that's what I'm asking if we're ready for. Are we ready for more Jesus in our life? And so I know we were a little, you know, questioning whether we were ready for some more of the other things, but how about that? Are you ready for more Jesus, Harlan. There we go. Yeah, okay. There we go. 
All right, now we, can, now we can jump in. So the whole backdrop of this series for the next six weeks, it comes out of this verse right here in John 10. It's just 14 words. It's one verse. That's what we're going to spend talking about today. Just one simple, short verse, 14 words. And the reason why we're focusing just on this verse is because this is filled, excuse me, this is filled with meaning. And this, this really captures what Jesus' vision for your life and for my life and for our church this is Jesus' vision for it right here. And I want us to read this verse together. Can we do that? Yep. All right, and online, I want you guys to read along too. We can't hear you, but we know you're out there. So, all right, John 10, 10. Let's read this together. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. All right, one more time. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I just want to walk through the three parts of this verse. Jesus starts and he says, I have come. Now, at this point in the Gospel of John, John is one of Jesus' disciples, and he's recording about the travels and the teaching of Jesus. And at this point, Jesus has been in Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. He's been walking around teaching, and he's been sharing more and more about who he is as people are coming to believe in who he is. And as he does so, he shares more and more about his purpose. He declares why it is that he came, why it is that he interrupted not only life in Jerusalem, but why Jesus interrupted all of human history. Why Jesus stepped out of heaven and came to earth. Why, why, why the word, as John talked about in, in chapter one, why the word became flesh and why God made his dwelling among us. And why would he do that? Why would he go to such an extent that they may have life? Part two, that they may have life. Now, who is they? They is the people who Jesus was around. They is the people back then. They is the people since then. They is the people now that Jesus came so that every single person, you and me included, would have life. Now, this isn't the only time in the Gospels where Jesus declares his purpose. In fact, lots of times, if you ever catch this, you might star it or note it or circle it. Jesus shares all, he wants to be really clear about why it is that he came, why he took this big step. And so he talks about how he, seek, he came to seek and save the lost. Um, he, he came to call the sinners to repentance. He came so the blind would see. He came to be a light in the dark. He came not to be served, but to serve. And, and we, might be able to, we might think, well, which is it, Jesus? That's a lot of different stuff. But I think, and really I believe, that all of the reasons, all of the reasons that Jesus gave for him coming are all captured in John 10.10. 10. That they all are wrapped up in this statement that Jesus came to give us life to bring life, to bring restored life, to forgive our lives, to redeem our lives, to live full lives. And that's why Jesus goes one step further and he wants to really understand what he means when he talks about coming to give us life. And he says, I have come that they may have life to the full. Life to the full. Jesus is saying there's life and then there's the full life. And one is possible with me. And the word full, I mean, that's kind of a hard thing that for us to be able to understand. And anytime you get to a verse or a word and you're like, okay, what does he mean by that? Um, one of the best things that we can do when we're reading scripture is, is just look into another translation. Not a different language translation, but if you're newer to reading the Bible, the, the Jesus was speaking in Arabic, John was writing it down in Greek, and then we're translating it over into English. And if you're on your phone, you're gonna see a number of 20 or 30 different translations, and all of them are good, all of them are right, and all of them take on a little bit different style of translating the words from the Greek over into the English. And we can look at the different ones, and each one kind of gives us a little bit different glimpse into what Jesus meant when he says things. And so if we look at some of the different translations of this verse right here, the ESV says that I, may, that I have come that they may have life and they may have it, Abundantly. Say that word, abundantly. 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 
The NLT, the New Living Translation says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The message version says, I came so that they may have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And then the Passion Translation, now just, just, I love how much it packs into this, that I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, to give you life in its fullness until you overflow. How's, how's that for a word picture, right? I mean, that sounds like something we want. That sounds like something that, that we want more. That sounds like something that we want to be ready for more of. It's kind of like Jesus is saying, the life, the life you've been living, this is not the life that I envisioned for you. The life that you've been living, it, it has been broken by this world. The life that you have been living, there is dissatisfaction there. There is emptiness there. There is brokenness that you face every single day. But, but with me, Jesus, and that's, that's key, Jesus is saying, with me, you can have the life that I dreamt for you. You can have the very life that I created you for when I created you. You can have a life that has all of the satisfaction and all of the abundance that I came into this world stepping out of heaven. I came to give you a life that is as full as full can be. But like, if we want to summarize it into maybe one more statement, I, I would just put it like this, that without Jesus, we live life on empty. But Jesus came to give us life to the full. Has anyone experienced empty life at any point? Maybe moments of emptiness, maybe seasons of emptiness. And so we hear these promises and, and it perks our ears, it perks our souls. We're invited into something here. You see, this isn't just a declaration of who Jesus is and why he came. It's an invitation. Jesus isn't just telling us why he came. He, he's, he's saying, I want you to receive this. It's an invitation to you and me. But like any invitation, how we respond to it matters. If we want to experience the full life that Jesus came to give us, well, we need to think about how are we going to respond to that? How are we going to receive that? And I think there's a few different ways we might that some of us respond to the invitation of Jesus. And as I walk through these ways, just think about where, do, where does this, where do you find yourself in these responses? Okay, so one of the ways that we might respond to this invitation from Jesus into this full and abundant life that he gives us, that he came to give us, one of the ways we, we just dismiss it. We decline it, right? You think about what people were feeling and thinking during the day that Jesus was, was sharing this. You know, how did this sound to them when this guy comes walking along and, and says, I've come to give you life and life to the full? I think they probably thought what some of us can think when we hear something that good. That sounds too good. Sounds too good to be true. Well, of course it does. You know, they were listening to people, the people listening to Jesus, and they're, saying, they're thinking to themselves, what is, what is this guy even selling? Who does he think he is? How does, how does he have the power to do all this? And we're the same way, because we live in a world, let's be honest, we live in a world that overpromises, that promises to give us more, but only gives us less, right? I mean, just look at your email inbox right now. Look at all of the, the phishing scams that we've learned to try to sort into our junk mail because we're getting attacked from every direction. All of the pop-up ads that we have learned how to, how, to, how to strategically click out of so we don't get baited into something that we, that we didn't want. We live in a world that's always enticing us to more. We live in a world that has trained us to know when something is too good to be true. Would you agree with that? It's, it's like, you know, a lottery ticket. Too good to be true, right? Or it's... Uh, non-sugar sweetener. Too good to be true. 
tasty, gluten-free anything. <laughs> too, good, too good to be true. Back-to-back Super Bowls. Too, too soon? Is that too soon? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I, yeah, yeah, I, I am a Cardinals fan, but I also have been a Chiefs fan since the Schottenheimer days. So you can thank my uncle and Blue Springs for that one. So I feel you there. I was hoping for the back-to-back Super Bowl too. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're trained to know the difference between something that's too good to be true and something that's actually true. And it's just made us cynical and skeptical people. So, so when we hear Jesus giving this invitation that to give us life to the full, we click out of it. We, we close the, the browser window. We slam the door on it as fast as we can. But when we do that, we're continually searching for something more. Or we fool ourselves into thinking we are living the full life. We have the full life in our midst. And so we dismiss. Now, another option, another way we can receive the try to respond to the, the life that Jesus came to give us is that we, we distort it. We, we hear words that Jesus uses like, I, I've come to give you a rich life, an abundant life, a fully satisfying and overflowing life. And we hear those promises and those words through the materialistic lens of the world that we live in. And we think, oh, if Jesus came to give me a full life, well, then he came to make my bank account full. He, he, he came to make my, my sense of security full, my physical comforts full and abundant, my sense of control, the ease with which I live my life. He came to make those things full too. And now, now let, me be honest, let me be very clear. Jesus did not come to make those things full in our life. See, we tend to think about life in its external forms. We think, we think of the things that we might acquire or the things that people might say about us, and, and we think about life in that sense. And now Jesus does bless us in some of those ways, and he walks with it. He provides for us. He genuinely wants us to have joy and be happy. But the life that Jesus is talking about, he's not talking about external things in our life. He's talking about the internal life. Jesus was always more concerned about our internal lives than our external lives, but sometimes we don't, we don't hear him in that way, and so we distort the full life that Jesus came to give us. And so you can dismiss, you can distort, and then in an attempt to not give in to one of those two things, which can be really, really dangerous, we come up with a third way. And we, it sounds safer to us, but it's actually just as dangerous, I think. We dabble. We dabble in the full life that Jesus came to give us. You know, we, we kind of we put one foot in, one foot out. We play it safe safe enough that if we get a little disappointed or if this doesn't look the way that we think it was going to look, we have, a, we have an easy eject button. You know, we, we dabble in faith. We dabble in Jesus. We dabble in the Bible, a little here, a little there. This area of my life, maybe that area. We dabble in church. Now, I want to be really clear. Hear me. This dabbling in, dabbling in the full life of Jesus is, is different than, than looking into it, of checking it out of this being new and saying, hey, what is this all about? And asking questions. And, and Jesus always walks so patiently with us as we learn about the life that he is offering us. But there kind of comes a point where we have to ask ourselves, am I still checking him out or am I just dabbling? Because we can never experience anything. This is true of anything in our life. We will never experience anything to the fullest in our life if all we do is dabble in it. And so we dabble, or maybe we distort, or we dismiss. And so what's, what's the better way? There's got to be a better way. What did Jesus have in mind when it came to the life that he came to give us? And I was working really hard to come up with a fourth D, because that's what they train you in pastor schools. Make sure everything starts with the, with the same letter. That's how it makes it memorable. Um, and so I was like, okay, all right, what did the full life of Jesus, do, do we digest the life of Jesus? I was like, that's weird. 
you know? Do we devour? No, still weird. Do we, and I was like getting all kind of poetic. We dance in the life that Jesus came to give us. Didn't quite grasp it either. And I was like, we could dive into it. You know, we dive all in, that, that's good, but it's summer and diving is dangerous and I don't want to evoke any, any like neck injuries or thoughts of that. And so I was like, no, we don't want to dive in. We don't want to dive into it. And then as the more I thought and prayed about it, it just kind of came to me. How do we receive, how does Jesus want us to receive the full life that he came to give to us? We dwell in it. We dwell. Think about that word, dwell. When you make your residence in something, you make your home in something, you move into something, you set the address of your life. Every single moment, you set the address of your life in the full life that Jesus came to give you in the full, abundant, richly satisfying life of Jesus. Now, I have a lot of experience with dwelling because I've dwelled in several physical locations over the past couple months. And, and we just pulled out of our house. We signed the papers. We're done up in Minnesota. Um, and, and we're on our way to dwelling in a new place. But, but my mail is really confused right now. <laughs> like where it's supposed to go. Because when you move from one dwelling and you start dwelling in another place, it takes a while for the rest of the world and the rest of your life to kind of catch up to that new dwelling place. And so one, one day, the longer that we dwell in this new place in Kansas City, the more that the world and life will realize, oh, that's where Brad is. That's where he's at. He's living in, in that place. And the other thing I've learned is that when you, when you dwell in, in a new place from your old place, you gotta get rid of stuff. I mean, we saw that we, we looked at the prices for moving trucks and we're like, it ain't going to fit, you know? And we knew we were coming to a new, a new home, a new way of life. And there's like, you know, there's some things from our old home we don't want to take with us. So we want to move into this new home. So we literally, thank God for Facebook Marketplace, half of our house and our stuff gone, you know, or we donated or gave it away or we sold it because uh, we knew we needed to get rid of some stuff. And the same thing happens when we make our dwelling place our one home in the full and abundant life that Jesus came to give us, sometimes we gotta get rid of some stuff that was a part of our life before. And so the question is, are you dwelling in the full life that Jesus came to give you? How about this week? Is that, is that where you dwelled? Was that the address of your life? You think about the emotions that you had this week. Were you feeling those because you were dwelling in the life that Jesus came to give you or, or somewhere, somewhere else? Now, here's, here's why I think we need this series now. Here's why we need this, this promise now. See, we just, we just came out of one of the most significant, strange, unique seasons in, the, in the, all of world history, <laughs> that we had 18 months where our life kind of shut down. And as things are beginning to reemerge now, there's this excitement, there's this anticipation, there's, there's this energy, this buzz as we walk around town and we can do so a little more freely going in and out of stores. And one of the things that I have been hearing a lot of, in fact, I've said myself lately, is, man, I just can't wait for things to finish it. Get back to normal, right? You've heard that? Maybe you've said that? And I, and I get it, believe me, I get it, but I wonder if that's what we really want to get back to normal, to get back to the way that things were. Now, don't get me wrong, this, the past 18 months, this, these have been hard 18 months. That there are so many things that have been taken away from us. Our schedules have been taken away from us. And some of our relationships have been taken away from us. For, for many, their jobs or sources of income have been taken away. And for some, their lives or the lives of loved ones have been taken away. 
And I don't want to minimize those things. But I think somewhere in all of that loss, we were also given some things over the past 16, 18 months. We were given space. We were given perspective. We were given opportunities. And if, and if we're honest, we look at the way we were going about our lives before COVID, friends, it wasn't working that great. We were ready for more before COVID even hit. Our schedules, they were, they were full and busy and stressful and too occupied. Our relationships were too hurried and too shallow. Our priorities out of whack. We were distant even from the people that we lived under the same roof with. Our relationship with God. And so now, now we have this opportunity as we emerge from COVID to be ready for something more. And something more is not the way that life in the world was before COVID. Something more is the abundant and full life that Jesus came to give us. That this is a time when, when we, what if we could come out of COVID? What if six months from now, as we're in the fall, life doesn't look the way that it did a couple years ago in the fall. But what if the life in the fall as a church, in your schedules, in your family, in your job, what if it was defined by this verse? What if it was defined by the invitation and the gift that Jesus came to give you, that full and abundant life of Jesus? That's the opportunity that you and I have right now. Now, Here's why I need this verse. Here's why I need this series. Here's why I need this invitation from Jesus. A couple years before COVID, I found myself on empty. I was on fumes. I had taken on way too much in life and in work and tried to stick with it for way too long. I would tell you that I was tired, but that wouldn't even begin to describe it. And if you've ever been there, you know what I mean. You know what a dark place that can be. I was more physically and emotionally, spiritually exhausted than I had ever been at any point in my life. And I was feeling stress on so many different levels and in so many different ways that I just kind of stopped caring because I didn't, didn't really even know what to do with it. And I was too afraid to think about it or talk about it or dwell there because the things that were making me tired were all the things that I ever wanted in life. I had a meaningful job. I had an incredible wife and family and kids that I had prayed for, that I had wanted but I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but I never expected the things that I wanted in life to be so tiring. And I was at this moment where even, even, even saying that felt shameful. But I found myself saying it to a counselor one day. And all of us need one. There's nothing maybe more healthy than just being able to have someone that you can talk to who then repeats what you said to them, repeats it back to you, often with a really powerful or poignant question. And my counselor looked at me and said, Brad, is the life you just described, the life that you're living, do you think that's the life that Jesus came to give you? And that kind of stunned me. Because I know this verse. I've read this verse before, I've prayed this verse, but when I've thought about this verse before, I thought that the full and abundant life that Jesus came to give me was the life of eternal life. That Jesus gave me a spot in heaven, and, and he did. Jesus came to earth to change our eternities, to give us a spot in heaven. But what I had gotten wrong up to that point in my life was I thought the eternal life that Jesus came to give me started at the grave. And I got it all wrong. 
Because the life that Jesus came to give you and me starts right here, starts right now. It starts today. Jesus is not waiting to lavish his goodness upon us after we die. As the psalmist says in Psalm 23, one of the most frequently read psalms and funerals that you and I go to, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, not just the life that I have after the grave. See, I realized that I was dabbling. I was dabbling in the full life, and I was a pastor, and I was dabbling in the full life that Jesus came to give me, and I needed to change the address of my life to dwell in the full life that Jesus came to give me, and it took time. It took help. It took lots of good friends as I learned to move into the full life that Jesus came to give me. But what about you? Where are you dwelling? Where, how are you dwelling in the full life of Jesus? How do you want to dwell? You see, for some of you, this is an invitation from Jesus that you're hearing for the first time. Maybe you have been kind of checking out Jesus or the church, and this is a time where, where you can say, you know what, Jesus, that's the life that I want to dwell in. I want to change the address of my life from where it was to the freedom and the forgiveness and the grace and the courage and the love that you have for me when I dwell here. And if that's you, that's awesome. You're in a room full of people or you're watching online with people who have been in a similar place and who have journeyed from there into the, the life that God has come to give us. And we wanna, would love to walk with you, pray with you, answer questions that you may have about that. But, but here's what I know is that we're all, we're all ready for more. We know what life is like when it's left to ourselves. We know what life is like when we limit it to what the world has to give us. And so the question is not really, are you ready for more? The question is, how will you dwell in it? And that's a really big question. That's why we're gonna spend the next six weeks talking about what is the life that Jesus invites us to be ready for more of. Next week, we're gonna be talking about forgiveness, that we can be ready for more forgiveness, that when Jesus came, he didn't come with a little bit of forgiveness. He came with uncomfortable amounts of forgiveness. It was the kind of forgiveness, the amount of forgiveness that the religious people of the day weren't comfortable with. They said, that's, that's too much. We're gonna be talking about the freedom that Jesus tells us we can be ready for more of. We're gonna be talking about the joy that Jesus tells us we can be ready for more of. We're gonna be talking about the purpose and the unity and the growth, these things that Jesus brings with him, with the life that he came to give us. And so now, as we kind of turn our hearts into the rest of this series over the rest of this summer, we're gonna signal that in a special way by celebrating communion together. And communion is this really special and it's this really sacred time when we remember that Jesus didn't just come to give us a full life, he came and he died so that we could have the life that he gave up, so that we could experience and dwell in the life that he came to give us. And as we go into communion, it reminds us of a few promises that I want us to hold on to. Communion reminds us that the full life of Jesus, you can't earn it. It's already been given to you. If you hear about life with Jesus or spiritual life and you think, gosh, that just makes me tired, that's not the life that Jesus talked about. If you're thinking that just, that just gives me fatigue, how do, I, how do I earn that? How, do I have to perform my way through, through some sort of goodness or something into that life? You, you can't. It's already been given to you. The other promise about this is that it can't, you can't lose it. It can't be taken from you. Right before this verse, Jesus is telling a parable about some sheep. And we're the sheep. 
He says the sheep know the voice of the shepherd and he's the shepherd and, and he lives with and protects the sheep. And he says, but there's a thief. There are lots of thieves and enemies who come to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, so that you may have life to the full. You can't lose it. It can't be taken from you. We can stop living in it. We can step back from it. But Jesus is always inviting us back to hear his voice. And maybe this is a morning where he wants you to hear the shepherd's voice, the good shepherd. The third promise is that this isn't a life that, that we're alone in. You're not alone in it. It's a, it's a way of life. It's a life that we receive together. In fact, that communion, this isn't something we do alone. Even if you're watching from home, you are doing this as part of a family. That we're having a family meal, we're coming around a table together to experience together, to feast on the grace that Jesus makes possible in our life. And so as you came in, or if you're watching online, you've got some elements, and if you came in, you've got this, this cup here. And there's a really small plastic film on the top. And whenever you're ready, you can peel back that film and there's some bread. And in the bottom, there's some juice. Because on the night that Jesus was betrayed, before he went to the cross, he took the common, simple elements on the table of the, of the people that he was doing life with. And he took those elements and he said, from now on when you eat this bread, I want, I want you to think of this bread as my body which is being given up for you. And this cup, the wine on the table, this symbolizes the blood that goes through my veins, my very life, which is gonna be poured out on your behalf so that you can experience the life that I have for you. And you may wonder, if you, especially if you're newer to church or newer to Heartland, who can, who can receive communion? Anyone can. Jesus didn't die for some people. You don't have to earn your way to communion. You don't have to take a class for it. All that we ask is that if you take part in this moment, that you do so as an expression of your desire to live in the full life that Jesus came to give you. And maybe taking communion this morning is your declaration of what you want your life to be about. And as you do, you can take this at any point during the song as the band leads us in another song of worship. You maybe you wanna to pray together with someone that you're with. The question I wanna ask you is, what are you ready for more of? As you think about that promise that I've come to give you more life, life to the full, what is in your life that needs to be filled right now that only Jesus can fill? So Jesus, we come to you so grateful, so thankful that you did what only you can do, that you came to give us life and life to the full, that, that it's not a life this world can offer us, it's not a life that we can achieve for ourselves, it's a life that only can be given from you. And so as we receive these elements in this moment together, we do so as your people who are declaring, we want more. We want more, Lord. Help us to be bold in our request. We know that, that, that you have already given it all. And the only thing that has limited us from receiving it is that we just haven't stepped into it fully. So help us now, Lord, to step in more fully, to receive more openly, and to experience the life that you have for us. And Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, or if you online, this has identified some areas of emptiness in your life, and you need someone to talk to, that's what we're here for, Harlan. And we're here for one another. And so maybe there's someone in your life, but if there's not online, you can stay on the chat. There's some directions there. So how you can be prayed for, you can, here in the room, you can come up after the service and our prayer team would love to just pray for you, pray for the life that Jesus wants 
to lavish upon you. We also have opportunities during the week where you can meet with counselors and you can find out more about that by calling a number or jumping on our website. But also one of the best things we can do, especially in summer when schedules kind of run different directions, and is, is just take some of this promise from Jesus, some of this message, and take it with you with a friend. Find some time with a friend and, and, and we'll, on our uh, social media, we've got some questions we put out every week. And it's a great way where you can not only listen to God's word to you, but you can start to think about it and, and dig deep into it and just keep it with you during the week. And so find these questions on our Instagram, find a friend or a family member or just journal about it on your own and lean in church. Make your dwelling place this week, set the address of your life in the full and the abundant life that Jesus came to give you, amen? Amen. amen. All right, hey, have a wonderful and blessed week. We can't wait to see you again. See you, Harlan.